You're listening to the podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness from LVSportsNetwork.com, brought to you by Porta Subs. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Crosby off the edge, steps up into the pocket, right into the arms of Bilal Nichols at the 28, and that's sack number five. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Here's show blitz. Here they come. Splayed up the middle and got to him with Tyree Wilson as well. Presented by the Jewelers of Las Vegas. For me, you can't play defense without the Wii. It's 11 people out there. We're not calling plays. We're calling the defense to defend the field and or the situation. And you need all 11 to do that. On Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Snap, they back out of there. But they do come off pressure off the edge. And he's sacked back at the 30. Trayvon Merrick. Here's your boy Q. Q. And here we go, Raider Nation, back at it for the next three hours. Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. After a day away from Studio Q, after a day away from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studios, we were at the Oyo for Monday Night Football, saw the Chargers defeat the Jets, and the Jets are the next team coming in to face the Raiders coming up Sunday Night Football, a little prime time action. So uh, we'll start turning the page to the New York Jets coming up on tomorrow. So we still got one more day to kind of digest what we saw and uh, kind of compare and contrast and break down what we saw at Allegiant Stadium on Sunday as the Raiders defeated the Giants. 30-6 to six back-to-back New York teams coming into Allegiant Stadium uh, for Week 9 and Week 10 action. And remember, the Raiders don't have a bye until Week 13, so they've got some more games ahead of them before they have an opportunity to get a little bit of R&R, a little rest and relaxation before they finish off the season really strong. But again, don't want to get too far ahead of myself right now. Uh, all we care about is Week 10 action coming up against the Jets, and like I said, putting a bow on Week 9 action, the Raiders' victory over the New York football Giants. Again, this is Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920, brought to you always by the Jewelers of Las Vegas. Uh, Mordecai and company just went and saw my guy Benny earlier today. Shout out to him. I uh, had an opportunity to kind of uh, hang out with him and discuss a little Raider football. And that's the cool thing about being able to go into uh, a business that supports Raider Nation Radio 920 and supports this show Unnecessary Roughness. You know they're sports fans. And you know that they're Raider fans. And so we go in and, you know, I go in just to check it out, see what's going on in the, you know, check in and just see how things are. And also we get into Raider conversation. And that's the beautiful thing about it. And uh, that's kind of what I do everywhere I go. But uh, it was great to catch up and, uh, and talk to my guy Benny about uh, the goings-ons with the silver and black as he's a very uh, big-time uh, Raider fan at Allegiant Stadium. Uh, season ticket holder is there all the time, checking out all the actions. So uh, definitely want to shout him out. Shout-out to the Jewelers of Las Vegas. You can always check them out at thejewelers.com if you're looking for that uh, that special ring, that uh, that that necklace, watch. I mean, the, the sky's the limit. I mean, it's like I think about it, I think, well, what can I tell you about that you haven't heard yet? But there's so many things that they do, it makes me stop and pause and kind of think, they just do a little bit of everything. So just check them out online if you want to, thejewelers.com. But uh, definitely go check them out. Let them know that Q sent you, and we definitely appreciate the Jewelers of Las Vegas. Appreciate the folks that we got coming up on the show today. Very excited about the opportunity to be with you for the next three hours, as I'm excited each and every day to be with you for the next three hours. Coming up at 2.30, a lot of you requested them. You're going to get them. That's Adam Hill from the Las Vegas Review-Journal. He's also uh, on our sister station, ESPN Las Vegas, and saw a lot of people tweet at me and say, Q, you got to get Adam Hill back on pretty soon. you got to get Adam Hill back on pretty soon. I want to know what his thoughts are on Aiden O'Connell after what he saw on Sunday. And I have no problem with that. I love having Adam on the show anyway. Uh, he's a guy that does not talk to us from a fan's point of view. He comes to us as a very realistic uh, football journalist, a guy that covers the game, a guy that covers many different sports here for the Las Vegas Review-Journal, does a fantastic job uh, with all of that. But 
Uh, also a guy that, you know, he's going to have to see more. He's not going to just fall in love with what he sees off top. And he wasn't very high on Aiden O'Connell the first time that he had an opportunity to take the grass, which is against the Chargers. And, look, I think that we all saw what we saw against the Chargers. It wasn't a very good, uh, you know, showing for Aiden O'Connell, but it got better as the game went along, and I thought it got better really as the game wrapped up, even though he ended up throwing that interception that, you know, was not pleasing to the eyes and that ultimately ended the game. But you could see a little bit of growth. He still was holding on to the ball a little bit, but I felt like that there was a big-time step in the right direction on Sunday against the Giants. So we'll talk to Adam Hill about Aiden O'Connell, the Raiders in general, this newfound energy they have under interim head coach Antonio Pierce, uh, interim offensive coordinator Bo Hardigree, interim GM Champ Kelly. There's a lot of interim going on with the Raiders right now, but that's what it is when you make an in-season firing. Uh, There cannot be any non-interim until the season gets wrapped up. So Adam Hill, good friend of the show. We'll talk to him coming up at 2.30. Always excited about that conversation. Each and every Tuesday, uh, we take a, a look around the NFL with John McClain, the Hall of Famer from Sports Radio 610, longtime uh, part of person that uh, worked for the Houston Chronicle, did a fantastic job writing for them for years on top of years on top of years. Now he's solely dedicated to Sports Radio 610. He writes on their website. He goes on the radio all the time and is very dialed in. If there's somebody that's dialed in in the NFL, it's one John McClain, real good friend of mine. Uh, always appreciate when he joins the show. He'll join us at 3 o'clock like he does each and every Tuesday. Last Tuesday... At this time, or even at the time when John's going to join us at 3 o'clock, Josh McDaniels was still the head coach of the Silver and Black. It wasn't until later that night, on Halloween night, as a matter of fact, if you remember, only it was about 10 o'clock Pacific time when I got the news about Josh McDaniels, and it probably had only happened a few minutes before that. So uh, we'll get John McClain's thoughts on you know the, the, the dismissal of, of McDaniels, talk about what he saw from Antonio Pierce, what he thinks he can continue to bring to the Raiders as the interim head coach and just kind of the energy that he's bringing as a former player. And clearly a lot of players uh, relate to him. I saw a video, and I don't know where it was from. Uh, there's a lot of college basketball action going on in town uh, yesterday. As a matter of fact, they had the Hall of Fame series going on where LSU, Kim Mulkey, who was on our show on Friday, her team took a big L and lost to Colorado. That was number one versus number 20. She took the big L in college basketball. That's a good thing, though, if you lose early. It's not a good thing to lose. But it's a good thing if you lose early in the season. You can recover from that as far as, you know, college football. It's a lot different. If you, you, you know, lose a, a game to number 20 or something like that, you're pretty much out of, uh, out of the, the mix. Well, they lost yesterday. They lost by, what, 14 points. They were down by 22 at one point. So there's a lot of college basketball that's going on. Uh, there was some big-time uh, men's basketball action going on with USC, and uh, Bronny James was in town, and, you know, uh, uh, K-State, uh, they're in town. There's a lot of action going on. Well, I don't know what game it was in particular, uh, but I just saw the, the video of Devontae Adams and someone else that he was with sitting pretty close to courtside, and the official had the basketball in his hand and, and kind of passed it to Devontae, and Devontae dribbled it a couple times and passed it back, and uh, the official said he was at the game on Sunday. And he was sitting in section, I think he said 312 or 321, one of the, one of the two, and uh, that the team had a lot more energy. And, you know, he was excited about the direction that they were going, got back on the winning side of things. And Devontae said there's a lot more of that coming. So clearly there's a newfound energy, not only in the building, uh, but with the players. And even when they're out of the building, it, uh, it's, it's projecting around town. And so that's a positive, especially since there's still eight games left to go. But uh, John McClain from Sports Radio 610 talking all things NFL will go real heavy with the Raiders with John McClain coming up at 3 o'clock just to get his thoughts from a national point of view. Then at 3.30 every single Tuesday, we have Lincoln Kennedy, Raiders color commentator. He'll join the show as well to talk about the game in particular, break down what he saw. Every single Tuesday, we uh, reflect and, uh, you know, we kind of recap the game that was. 
was. And then on Thursday, we look forward to the game that's coming up. So Tuesdays and Thursdays, Lincoln Kennedy joins us at 3.30 to talk about uh, either the game that just passed or the upcoming game. So it's going to be New York, New York when it comes to Lincoln Kennedy. Today it's the New York Giants. Thursday will be the New York Jets. But either way you go, we'll have Lincoln Kennedy on the show, and it's always a blessing to get a few minutes of his time each and every Tuesday and Thursday. So that's the guest lineup that we have. We still have a couple more players that I want you to hear from the Raiders locker room, plus defensive coordinator Patrick Graham and interim offensive coordinator Bo Hardegree met with the media earlier today. I was not there, but there was uh, plenty of media members that were, including Adam Hill, and uh, we'll hear from Graham and we'll hear from Hardegree a little bit later on in the show. And, of course, Raider Nation, we can never forget you, right? It's not Raider Nation Radio 920 without you. So we want to hear from you both on the don'tbebroke.com text line and the Raider Nation listener line at 702-365-9200. Again, my man Jared is in, in the Finley Cadillac studio holding it down. He's standing by the phones. He'll definitely be uh, waiting for your calls. And, uh, of course, uh, we got the don'tbebroke.com text line. You can text us at any point of the show about the topic that we're talking about or whatever's on your mind at 69187, keyword R&R. So lots to get to on the show today. Let's go ahead and jump right into it. Let's go ahead and dive into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM is brought to you by Paul Padalaw. It's not about the injury. It's about the recovery. So I really kind of want to focus a little bit on Aiden O'Connell on today's show. And, again, we've got Adam Hill coming up at 2.30, and he'll give us his impressions of Aiden O'Connell. John McClain will give us his, and Lincoln Kennedy will give us his as well. But I uh, want to really kind of focus on Aiden O'Connell and what you saw from him on Sunday and how much improvement you felt you saw from the, the week four action against the Chargers uh, in, in SoFi Stadium or, or what you saw Sunday at Allegiant Stadium against the Giants. Like, how much improvement you saw. So this is the question I want to throw out there. What did you think of the second career start for Aiden O'Connell? What do you feel like you still need to see from him to solidify exactly who he could be in the league, whether that's a, a bona fide, really good backup or whether that ends up being a franchise quarterback that could lead this team, right? Whatever he's going to be, what do you need to see from him to be able to determine what it is that you feel like Aiden O'Connell is going to be for the Silver or Black or any other team across the NFL because just because you're with the team one minute doesn't mean that you're always going to be there. Again, not trying to not trying to trade him, not trying to cut him, not trying to do any of that. I'm just saying that you never know how careers go. Sometimes guys get moved. They don't expect to get moved. You just never know how things shake up. But, again, what did you think of the second career start for Aiden O'Connell? He took no sacks. He didn't uh, turn the ball over at all, didn't have any – any uh, touchdown passes, but they were getting it done on the ground. Two Josh Jacobs touchdown runs, and, of course, Jacoby Myers led things off. So uh, I thought everything he did was pretty good. But before you start responding at 69187, keyword r or 702-365-9200, first I want to get to some sound from Brian Baldinger. And a lot of times Baldy will break it down what Max Crosby is doing. And sometimes he breaks down what Tyree Wilson is doing. Well, after Aiden O'Connell got his first or his second start of his career and his first career win on Sunday – Baldy had to break down Aiden O'Connell. Here it is. It was a pretty easy day, especially when the Giants gave him these blitz looks, and he gets the quick slant to Jacoby Myers. All right? Picks up 14 or 15. Same thing right here. I mean, here they are. They are prepared. A little stab inside. He separates from Deontay Banks, and he goes for 24 yards. Then you get this right here. Here comes Okereke coming off the edge right here. He didn't panic, set his feet, made the layered throw, right past the outside linebacker to Hunter Renfro. Then the big throw was this one to Trey Tucker on the outside. Play action, he sees the free safety on this side of the hash. He's got one-on-one right here to Trey Tucker. He steps into his throw, and 55 yards later, Tucker laid out for it. 
The third-round pick out of Cincinnati makes his biggest play of his young NFL career. But he needed time. Got match protection right here. Two tight ends. Josh Jacobs, they do a great job across the board. Completely clean pocket. He can step up and just air it out. Great throw, though. Perfect throw. Right on the hash or right on the numbers. And then you just get this right here. Like here comes a free hitter right at him right here. He knows where his hot is. He's prepared. Gets the ball to Michael Mayer right there for a five-yard gain. It was a good, good day for Aiden O'Connell and the Raiders offense. Brian Baldinger right there talking about Aiden O'Connell. Of course, what he's doing is Baldy breaks downs. They're always by way of film, so you get a little bit more from the film, but you can understand it as well from hearing the audio. And, you know, one of the things that stood out to me, of course, we're always going to look at numbers. We're always going to talk about completion percentage and, you know, touchdown passes, this, that, and the other. But, you know, for a guy to be at the line of scrimmage, and this is what really stood out to me uh, throughout the course of the game and looked like he had pretty much command of what he was doing. The fact that it looked like he was adjusting his – protections at time and being able to communicate and you know the other thing is communicating with Bo Hardegree the offensive coordinator getting the play calls into him and then all of a sudden Aiden O'Connell able to spit it out to the guys in the in the in the huddle it never looked like that they were up against the the play clock it never looked like they were they were stressing too much you know there was a couple times where you saw it get down three two one you you know clap 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 just to get the ball real quick but for the most part it looked like it was pretty smooth. And those are some of the things that I really pay attention to, especially when I'm there in person. I'm able to really kind of pay attention, look at the clock, especially if I feel like, okay, wait, hold on. They're, they're getting to the line of scrimmage a little bit slower, uh, what, how much time is left on the clock. But it seemed like that was pretty smooth. And, again, it's not going to be perfect. It's n- definitely not going to be perfect for a rookie ever, right, especially the rookie year is not going to be perfect. But uh, in his second career start, I thought it was pretty good, and I thought it was something to build off of. But there were certain things that he did, little small things here and there that looked like, he was comfortable, and the moment wasn't too big. And that's something that we heard from all the players in the locker room as well. You know, the, the moment wasn't too big. Uh, you know, he was very poised, something that, uh, you know, they, they saw in practice and they felt comfortable that he was going to be. What does that mean he's going to do moving forward? Who knows, right? He's got another opportunity going up against a really good defense in the Jets. And, oh, by the way, now they've got a couple game films on you. So now not only do they have the game film on the, from the Chargers, now they've got the Giants, but this time is with Bo Hardegree as the, the play caller. So how does that change? How does that adjust? I'll tell you one thing I learned from Monday Night Football. Even though the Jets, you know, didn't, didn't win the game and they, they looked pretty bad doing it, their defense is still solid. I mean, their defense held Justin Herbert to under 200 yards passing. Matter of fact, if you take the sack yards uh, from what he did, it was like 107 yards total. Right, I mean the Jets' defense is is legit, so they're gonna give they're gonna give Aiden O'Connell fits come Sunday, and this will be a big test for him to see how he can do, especially when now there's a couple different games worth of film out there on you. Now you've got to be able to adjust, right? It's a it's a chess match. It's never checkers, right? Okay, they make this move. Now what kind of move are you gonna move to make to counter that? So again, I think for what it was, I think it was a good job. Uh, I love the fact that they did a heavy, heavy dose of Josh Jacobs in the run game and thought that that was solid. But at some point, you know, is, is, what, what is he going to have to do next? So, uh, again, there's, the good thing is there's eight games, and as long as Aiden O'Connell doesn't do something like one, like get hurt, or two, just completely fall off where it looks terrible and they just they can't, you know, he puts them in a terrible position, I mean, it should be his job moving forward. So, again, I throw the question out there to you. What do you feel like you need to see from Aiden O'Connell, uh, Aiden O'Connell 
Aiden O'Connell, excuse me, to uh, solidify who he could be in the NFL. 702-365-9200, don'tbebroke.com, text line at 69187, keyword R&R. How about we go out to Shields Up? Welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Hey, Q, how you doing, man? Good, good. My thing with O'Connell is how, I mean, you pretty much outlined it. How is he going to face adversity? Yeah. Okay, when uh, the game's starting to go sour, the offensive line uh, doesn't have it together, the protection breaks down. Um, is he going <clears> to, <throat> excuse me, gather up the leadership, maybe even get out of the pocket, run for three, four yards? That'll help. Slide tackle. Just adversity, leadership, and, and, that, and that's it. Because, it, you know, I'm, I got a new name for him. It's not O'Connell. It's O'Cannon because he's got a cannon for an arm, man. So thank you for taking my call, man. Shields up. I like it. I way. like it. Called him O Cannon right there. And I know everyone's giving him all kind of different nicknames, and I haven't given him any kind of nickname. I'm just calling him Aiden O'Connell, <laughs> right? Uh, when I can say it correctly, I'm saying Aiden O'Connell, right? When I'm not um, giving up him some, some fake names, some false names, I'm giving him an alias, and he ain't even asking for an alias. I'm giving him one. But, no, uh, I know there's been a lot of different nicknames thrown out there for him. Uh, you know, there's been initials thrown out there. I know uh, the morning tailgate, they call him Akon and Jeezy and all that good stuff, and that's cool. But uh, for me, I'm just calling him. Aiden O'Connell and, and, and seeing, seeing where he goes from here. But I think that, you know, through, through two games, obviously this uh, last start that he had on Sunday did a pretty good job from the 707 on the WBroke.com text line. Said O'Connell's second start went as good as planned. The game plan around him was solid. The offensive line was coached up to protect him. The routes combos were designed well. The offensive line running scheme was as working. Coaching, 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 that was the difference. That's from the 707. And that was the other thing about what he did. And I was really impressed with the fact that there was no sacks on Sunday against, against the, the, the Raiders, right? The offensive line didn't give up any sacks. O'Connell didn't hold on to the ball too long to get a sack either. That's impressive because that Giants team, especially led by Wink Martindale, they're going to get after the quarterback. That's the one thing that we know for sure. That's the reason why Jermaine Illuminor was the first person I talked to in the Raiders locker room. I thought the offensive line needed to get a lot of props for the job that they did on Sunday, really helping keeping him clean. And they're going to have to do that job again this Sunday in primetime action because, man, the Jets are going to get after him, right? I mean, there was, what, how many total sacks? Over 10 sacks last night in Monday Night Football. I mean, again, just because the Jets lost 27-6, to don't let the, 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 the box score fool you. I mean, that defense was getting after it. Justin Herbert was not having a good day. If it wasn't for the Jets' offense shooting themselves in the foot a thousand times, Three fumbles and, oh, by the way, by way of special teams, they gave up a, a kick return touchdown, which, by the way, or a punt return touchdown, it'd be great to see the Raiders do that. I've been calling for a punt return touchdown or a kick return touchdown for years now. You know, if that's something that they see on film, it's out there. You know, if that's something that, uh, you know, Coach McMahon can, can, can take advantage of and maybe see where the breakdown is and maybe the Raiders could have an opportunity, how big a boost would that be? Right, yeah, I know that you're going up against a really strong defense, so that means that a part, another part of your team has to step up. Right, They're not just going to give up 26 points in the game and, and think that that's what it is. It ain't going to be that way. Now, they're not going to score a lot of points. <laughs> Let's not get it twisted. They ain't going to score a lot. They're not, they're not easy on the eyes when it comes to the offensive you know, precision, but they can get after it defensively, and you put the ball in harm's way, they got some dudes that can take it back and score defensively as well. Hardcore Raider, you're up next. What's on your mind? Welcome to the show, brother. Thank you. Happy Tuesday, brother. Yes, you too. Hey, so uh, something I've been thinking about for years, but especially like this year, you know, there's so there's this big push for the mobile style quarterback. Yep. And I guess there's almost three like realms of quarterback, I feel like. You know, you could say mobile, 
you could say pocket passer and then like more of a running style uh, quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's hard to like kind of break it down unless you do it in a three. Uh, I wish I could kind of break it down into just two. But here's kind of like where I'm at with all this and like what I've been thinking about, okay? Because um, there's a lot of people in Raider Nation that are like, you know, maybe not a lot, but there's some that are like upset because they want to tank to go get one of these like super stud mobile quarterbacks or running quarterbacks, right? The new style quarterback. But if, if we look at the history of like, you know, the last Super Bowls, I'm going to read off some names real quick and then ask you, ask you uh, your opinion on it. But uh, if that's all right. So Mahomes, Stafford, Brady, Mahomes, Brady, Foles, Brady, Manning, Brady, Wilson, Flacco, Manning, Rogers, Breeze, Roethlisberger, and so on and so forth. But my point is, those are all the, the quarterbacks that have won Super Bowls the last ten plus years, right? Right. Right. And if you look at if you look at those quarterbacks, really none of them are like a mobile running style quarterback, like Lamar Jackson or right. um, you know one of these more modern era quarterbacks, you know. Uh, let alone the injury history. So my, my question, you know, to you or what I've been thinking about with Aiden O'Connell being not really a mobile quarterback, but more the traditional style p- pocket passer. I mean, when I look at the Super Bowl victories, uh, they're not really the new style quarterback, you know, necessarily. I mean, Mahomes, you could say is mobile, but he does <laughs> just a lot of. <laughs> well, but he does he does a lot of junk plays too. Like, yeah. no, no, no quarterback coach is going to be teaching you to just to huck the ball you know, like, like he does sometimes, you know what I mean? So he just pulls some stuff out of his tail um, and makes it work. And, you know, now if his, if his stuff that he was pulling didn't work, then, you know, he would be getting, you know, coached by his coach to not do that stuff. So it's, you know, but it works. So, you know, they let him do it. But the point is, is like, I'm curious on your opinion. If you think that, you know, the style of quarterback, Aiden O'Connell can still win in this league. Cause I'm a, I'm a firm believer based off of the history and the last 10 Super Bowls that, that style quarterback can still get it done versus one of these more uh, modern era quarterbacks. All right. Hey, that's a good question. That's a good way to, uh, to summarize it right there. Thanks for the call. I appreciate you. And I mean, to make it easy, do I think that Aiden O'Connell could win in the, in the, the league, the way that, that he plays and style? Sure. Absolutely. You know, he's got a really good arm. As long as you've got it between the ears. Yeah, you can, you can do it. Now, do I prefer that? No. I'll just be I'll just keep it a buck, right? I don't prefer that, but I also don't say I'm not saying that he has to be a Lamar Jackson style. I think that that's extreme. I do think that there's a middle even. That's why when you said Mahomes, I said bingo. Mahomes uses his legs because he can. He doesn't use his legs because he always wants to, but he uses it because he can. I go back to what we just saw over the weekend like Caleb Williams and I know he's the one that everyone talks about. Caleb Williams rather sit in the pocket and throw the ball. But if he needs to keep plays alive, he will with his legs. And that's, that's what I'm looking for. Like a Josh Allen. And I would even say that that might be a little too extreme because, well, he's always running, and you've seen him scale it back a little bit this year. But he was the heart and soul of the run game. Like, but he was able to do it. He's able to do it. I just think you need to have that guy that's able to, you know, pick up a, a third and long by, by way of his legs. He doesn't have to be fleet-footed, but he can still get it done and, and is willing. And what we saw from O'Connell in the preseason, we saw him willing to, you know, get out there and see some open grass and go get it four or five yards. But I don't think anyone's too concerned about his mobility. I just would like to see somebody with a little bit more. Again, it's not – I'm not saying it has to be Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson, um, Kyler Murray. I'm, I'm not going that extreme. i just talking about someone that can do it. Uh, you know, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers back in the day before the injury, right, when he would still – 
when he would still get out and, okay, I'm going to run and scramble and get this touchdown like it's nothing, right? I mean, guys like that, and, and, and I think that there's a, there's, a, there's a fine line. Yeah, Mahomes does some crazy things that everyone can't do, but he was doing that at Texas Tech. I could tell you that firsthand. Believe me, I could tell you that firsthand. I saw that at McLean Stadium many times. Look it up. <laughs> I've seen that plenty of times in the Big 12. But a lot of things were, oh, well, that doesn't translate to the National Football League because it's Big 12 football. Well, there's a lot of things that do translate now. And so that's what he brought to the table. And, you know, Caleb Williams, he has, he has warts. Nobody's perfect. But I think with his ability to keep plays alive, I just think that you have to have that element. But just to answer your question simply in a nutshell, can Aiden O'Connell win in the league? Absolutely. I don't, I don't see why not. I mean, we'll ask Adam Hill when he joins us in a few minutes, but he's got a strong arm and he's got some intelligence, clearly, right? He's, he's not a, 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 a traditional rookie where he's 21 years old just getting into the league trying to figure things out on the fly. Like C.J. Stroud, for example, he's not a guy that's going to run around a lot. That was one of the knocks that a lot of people had on this very station. Yeah, C.J.'s not athletic enough. He can get it done with his arm, but if he has to scramble, if he has to move around, he will. And there was a big debate. Who's better, Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud? Well, I think the rookie of the year offensively is going to be C.J. Stroud. I don't even think it's going to be close. Not saying that that means he's going to end up with the best career, but he's clearly came in and has given the, the Houston Texans a big shot in the arm, and he's doing some really good things, including having game-winning drives with 40-something seconds left and no timeouts. So he's a pretty sticking good quarterback, and he's the guy who's not necessarily going to run around the yard, but he can run a little something-something if he has to. Real quick, let's go out to uh, Raider Reggie. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind? What's going on, my dudes? Hey, check it out. Your question first was, uh, what do I need to see? Yeah. I believe I saw it. We, we saw what he could do in okay. preseason. We saw his capability, his awareness, because – going to what your guy that just got a phone was saying, I don't think we need him to be all that, you know, a running quarterback. We need him to be capable, like you said. Right. And he's capable. Right. Now, you got to have those elements around him that's not going to have him running all the time or no place to run to. So that's – I'm so I, – I don't know why I'm so frustrated with the Raiders overall. I ain't talking about with this season. I ain't talking about with last season. Just overall. Yeah. We just don't seem to pick the right guys for the job. You get a, a, a center and make him a right tackle. You get a right tackle and make him a, a DB. You know what I mean? It's ridiculous some of the projects we go through. But if we fix this line and put some guys that can protect AOC, if, if they can do that, I think he's just fine. But I'll be honest, I was the guy – even when D.C. was here. You got to go get somebody that can pick up where he's leaving off or, you know, when we need to get a new QB, you got him with you already learning the system, and, and we never did that. So I think Aiden is damn near, damn uh, capable. I like his mindset, and I like his uh, skill set, like, in the pocket. We just need to protect him, and he has enough weapons to, to make it work. So – I'm hoping uh, against these Jets, man. Yeah, they got the defense, but let's see our offense uh, create, get creative, and let's see our defense step up and meet Max's fire. You know what I mean? We, we yep. got a good team, man. We just need to make it work. Let's go. Red. 
There he goes. Raider Reggie, thanks for the call. Definitely appreciate you. Good feedback. Keep that feedback coming. 69187, keyword R&R. That's our don'tbebroke.com text line. What would you like to see? What do you need to see from Aiden O'Connell to kind of solidify who you think he could be in the NFL, whether that's a career backup or really good backup, whether that's a starter in the league, whatever the case may be, 69187, keyword R&R. Let us know your reaction to his second career start Sunday versus the G-Men. Adam Hill for the Las Vegas Review Journal and our sister station ESPN Las Vegas joins us next. It's Red Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Brought to you by Paul Padala. It's not about the injury. It's about the recovery. This podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness on LVSportsNetwork.com is brought to you by Porta Subs. Make sure you check out Porta Subs' six-foot party trays. They're perfect for game days. You'll get your choice of three made-to-order classic subs made with premium meats and cheese on your choice of fresh-baked bread, loaded with fresh veggies, toppings, and sauces. Game day six-foot trays serve 12 to 16 people, so you can sit back and enjoy the game. Available at all Las Vegas-area Porta Subs, neighborhood sandwich shops, order ahead at PortaSubs.com. I love that word. I, re- I remember that on the spelling test once, once upon a time. That that was one I fell in love with. Miscellaneous was the first word I fell in love with. And gregarious, that might that might be in the top ten. Miss Mastriani's uh, uh, my class, English class in uh, fourth grade. Anyway, but um, but um, now back to unnecessary roughness with your boy Q. Bill spell miscellaneous. Bill, come on now, come on now. That, on Raider Nation Radio, nine twenty a.m. You heard Patrick Graham right there, and you heard our next guest, Adam Hill, ask him to spell miscellaneous, or if he could spell miscellaneous. Either way, I don't think I can spell miscellaneous at this stage of the game, but I can talk to the man who asked the question. That's Adam Hill from the RJ and our sister station ESPN Las Vegas. And, Adam, thanks so much for your time. Before we get started, I wanted to let you know, man, if you didn't see the news, the White Tiger is back. Martavis Bryant, who's been newly reinstated, has been signed by the Dallas Cowboys, has not played in the NFL since 2018 when he played with the Raiders. He's only played in 44 career games, but uh, he's back. The White Tiger's back. Uh, your Vegas Viper, Mart- Martavis yeah. Bryant. Yeah, there you go. Nice. I, I thought you were going to really put me on the spot and ask me to spell miscellaneous. No, I wouldn't do that to you because I can't do it. I never asked you to do I something think- I can't do. <laughs> no, I think it's I think it's M I F C E L L A N E O U S. I could be wrong. I think you're right, but I'm driving right now. I think I'm right on that one. So uh, it, you know, I was impressed with myself uh, if I was right. But uh, yeah, there was look. Patrick Graham set himself up. He said it's his favorite word uh, that he learned how to spell. I thought he could still do it. And I think he still can. I bet you he could have got it. He just didn't want to. Yeah, I think I could have got it if I had to think about it. I used to be really good at spelling back in the day, but that was like I said back in the day <laughs> so yeah, you we know don't, we don't need to. everything we type now has has spell correct so we don't need to we don't need to do it right exactly so that's that's part of the problem it's technology's fault that's why i'm not the smart guy that i used to be when i was a little q now i'm a bigger q but let's get to the matter at hands and that is the raiders get the 30 to 6 victory over the uh the giants the giants are not a good team we understand that uh but there was a lot of new for the raiders and uh, aiden o'connell he gets his second career start we've been talking about aiden o'connell a lot on the show so far uh what was your overall impression between the relationship with the uh, interim offensive coordinator bo hardegree and what you saw from aiden o'connell well, I think I think that was the big thing, right? Of of Bo Hardigree taking over and kind of understanding that one of the biggest issues with the offense is how rigid things were under Josh McDaniels. I and mean, we've heard that throughout his entire career. We especially heard it last year. 
um, with the Raiders of, hey, he calls a play and he, he understands offense. Like, whatever you want to say about him, he does understand offense. And he calls a play and he wants it to be run. And he doesn't particularly care what the players think about the play. Um, he's, he knows that these plays work and he's run up throughout his career and this is what he's going to do. And it sounds like what Bo Hardigree did was he went room to room last week. He went in with the running backs and said, all right, Josh, what plays do you like? Uh, you know, what plays do you like to run? Which plays do you think the line blocks well? Uh, how do you want to run it? And we'll do that. He went into the offensive line room and did the same thing. He went to the receivers, asked them the same thing. And obviously he did that with the quarterbacks because he's the quarterback's coach, or he was uh, before last week. So he, he knows what they like and what they prefer and what they want to run. And it sounds like it was a collaborative effort, which is something that was very new. Uh, and they were able to put it together. Now, I, I, I want to caution people, like, I don't think what they did on offense Sunday was enough to beat a good team in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there was a lot to be desired from what they did offensively the other day. Um, and let's face it, um, you know, I know you talk about the Raiders on your show. You don't talk about, talk about other teams. The Giants quit when Dan Jenner Jones got hurt, and that was embarrassing. That was embarrassing to watch for an NFL team to absolutely quit a game uh, because their quarterback got hurt because they knew what was coming in afterwards. And, uh to the Raiders' credit, I think the best thing they did uh, was, A, the opening drive of the game, which was yep. really, really impressive, probably the best drive of the year, when they literally just ran the ball every play except for one, when they got a wide-open receiver in the middle of the field. Um, and then, two, take advantage of another team quitting, because I, I don't think that's something that they've been able to do necessarily. They haven't been able to take advantage of bad teams or teams that don't care, don't try. They did that on Sunday. So those are all good things. But I, I think some of the reaction that I've seen from people of, Go, oh, this team's back. Like, settle down. Right. Let's, let's see what they can do going forward. That was a really, really good first step, but that's all it was, the first step. So when it comes to Aiden O'Connell, how much growth did you see, if any, from the first game that he played against the Chargers to what you saw on Sunday? Well, I, I think a lot of growth, for sure, but there, there are also caveats in there, right? Like, against the Chargers, they fell behind. He had to drop back, and you could see that when he has to throw the ball, when the other team knows that they're going to throw the ball, there's a real problem right now. And that's that's still something that he's developing and something that he's figuring out. But um, he didn't have to do that. They got the lead. They got ahead. And so anytime they threw the ball, is because they wanted to throw the ball, not because they had to throw the ball. And I think that put him in a really good situation. Now, again, if you go back and watch the tape, which I did, obviously, you know, that first throw of the game, is that's the kind of throw quarterbacks dream of. They had run the ball three times. Uh, the Giants completely sold out to the run. They left Jacoby Myers right in the field, in the middle of the field, wide open. It was like a six-yard pitch and catch that you or I could have thrown, and and that was good. Now, the, you know, you can come back and say Jimmy Garoppolo had some of those throws and didn't make them. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. Throws, throws that you or I could make, and he didn't make them. And I think he's clearly hurt, and that's a big reason why. Uh, but he took advantage. Aiden O'Connell took advantage of the opportunities that he had. Uh, but I, I certainly, you know, I, I'm not going to put this and say, wow, Aiden O'Connell just went out and played the game of his life. I think he would even tell you that. They didn't, he didn't need to. They didn't ask him to. That wasn't part of the game plan. I think that was a good thing for the Raiders. Adam Hills, our guest from the Las Vegas Review-Journal and our sister station ESPN Las Vegas, Cofield and Company. Uh, okay, one more question on Aiden O'Connell, and that has to do with this week coming up against the Jets. To continue to see him grow, what do you think he needs to do against a team that has a stellar defense like New York does? Yeah, I mean, I think we're not going to see really the growth of Aiden O'Connell until – they're put in a situation where they're behind. I think that's yeah. what I want to see out of Aiden O'Connell. And, and you know, for, for the Raiders, you would hope they're in a situation like the like the Chargers were yesterday, right? I mean, Justin Herbert, one of the most talented quarterbacks in the league, did not have to throw the ball. 
for them to beat the Jets, and that's a good thing because the Jets' defense was pretty swarming and pretty intimidating yesterday. Didn't have to. It was a blowout win. It was kind of like the Raiders win uh, last week where the other team couldn't do anything offensively. The quarterback doesn't have to do anything, and that's that's good. And I think what you want to see is when the throws are there, you make them, you manage the game, and you try to let the run game win the game. That's, that's kind of what the Chargers did yesterday, let the run game and the defense win it. And I think that's the formula that the Raiders want this week against the Jets as well. Um, if they do fall behind and he's put in those situations where he has to drop back, he's forced to throw the ball to try to rally the team back or something. That's what you're going to see growth. But I don't think I don't think that's what the Raiders want. I don't think what's the, what the fans want. Um, I don't think it's anything. I think they want to establish the run, get ahead, play for, play with the lead, and not put him in those situations right now while he's still learning and maturing. How much did you, um, I guess, appreciate the the effort that the offensive line? did and had on Sunday uh, going up against Wink Martindale in that defensive unit because you know that they bring pressure from everywhere, but they kept O'Connell clean throughout the course of the, the show or the game. Yeah, I thought, I thought the line was great. But, again, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll throw that caveat. For one thing, look, I I don't know if Sarah Munford or Jermaine Illuminor should be starting. Um, I think they've both played really well. I think they, they both have their strengths. Uh, they played well at times. They struggled at times. Uh, but I do know just kind of being around the room and around the offensive line for the last couple of years and, um, you know, offensive lineman for a long time. And I was a very bad offensive lineman at one point myself. Um, <laughs> I know that I know that coming out of the game is not good. Right. It's not ideal. And you can't find a rhythm. And whether you play well or you don't, you know that you're going to come out. So you could have like three really good reps and all of a sudden you're, you're coming to the bench and then you're waiting 20 minutes and going in, and now you have to try to warm up again and get you know get acclimated to the game speed again. Um, nobody wants to come out of the game as an offensive lineman, and, and the fact that they've done that I think has made it a struggle. This time, because their Munford was hurt, it was Jermaine Illuminor the whole game, and I think you saw that consistency and that rhythm that they were able to find. I think that was a real key uh, and an underrated, uh, underrated key of how they played on Sunday was that they didn't have to worry about who's coming out of the game, looking over the shoulder, that sort of thing. So I think that's step one. Uh, which was done by necessity, uh, not necessarily a choice yeah. of, of Bill Hardigree and the staff, but they didn't have Munford, so it was all Jermaine Illuminar. I think you saw that consistency and that rhythm develop uh, with the offensive line. Um, and again, they were able to uh, establish the run early in the game and play with a lead and not really have a threat on the other side that they were going to come back. So the offensive line had kind of had the same benefit that Aiden O'Connell did. I-, I think the Giants spent so much time trying to design blitz concepts and blitz designs and we know that's what Wink Martindale wants to do. And I thought I thought they probably came into the game thinking, oh, we are going to crush this team and crush yep. this kid with some of these exotic blitzes. But then they fall behind, and the Raiders don't have to throw the ball. They're never in a passing situation. And so the, the Giants don't get to use any of those things that they had in mind. So it was kind of useless. And, and the Raiders broke their spirit and broke their game plan by getting a lead and, and staying in the lead. Talking all things silver and black right now with Adam Hill here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. Just got a couple more questions for you. What have your overall impressions been so far of the interim head coach, Antonio Pierce, really as a leader as more uh, than the coach? Yeah, emotional. Um, I, you know, when he talks to us, we, you know, we feel the same thing that the players do. And obviously that locker room has changed drastically. Uh, they love him. We saw, like, what turning them loose and giving them freedom does. I mean, that's essentially what he said he was going to do, and that's what the players said that he did. Um, he's fostered that environment. It's it's unbelievable uh, to be around it right now. It, it's more fun for us to go to work and be around that. There's no question about that. Um, and, I, you know, I always am, uh, you know, glass, I guess glass, glass half empty or glass mostly empty guy on a lot of things. And uh, I'll, 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 I'll throw this caveat out there, too, is that 
this is, again, fun for even us. We know it's fun for the players, for the coaches, for the fans to watch it. Fun for us to go to work in. How does this work if they lose three or four games in a row? Right. How will it look then? How does freedom look? What is, you know, showing your swag, showing your personality, all of those things which are really, really good and beneficial. And I love, I that's how I would be if I was a coach for sure, but I don't know that I'd be a good coach because I don't know how I adjust that when it, the situation is bad. And I think that's what it's interest, it'll be interesting to see. How do some of these changes, you know, continue? How does that mood continue? How does that energy continue if things are not going well? And th- that'll be the real test. Final question for you. Does it amaze you now that you sit back and look at uh, what was the last week? Uh, matter of fact, it was Tuesday when Josh McDaniels got fired. How much of a difference one guy makes? It just felt like to me, Adam, that there was a big, like, dark cloud that was kind of lifted off the yeah. whole Raiders organization, players, and even the fan base. I mean, hell, here on Raider Nation Radio, I can feel it. But it just it's like one guy had a big cloud hanging over the organization and it's gone by one firing, not that I ever root for guys to get fired. Yeah, it was a, a dark cloud that became a puff of victory cigar smoke. Right. I think was, <laughs> was yes. how, how it went. Um, yeah, I, I don't think I've even processed it yet. I think, you know, Antonio Pierce was talking about this. Um, he talked about it after the game, and then he talked about it Monday also. Like, literally nobody slept from, like, Wednesday, you know, Tuesday night to Sunday yep. uh, when the game happened. I, I think we were all in the same boat. Um, I, I haven't processed it. I, didn't, I don't think I slept a full night uh, last week. Like, it's still just kind of – you're so you're so caught up in the chaos, like it's like a, a hurricane hit, and you're trying to clean it up still, but still trying to move on to everything. So um, I don't think I've processed all of that. I don't think the players have. I don't think the, the coaches have. I don't think any of us have. Um, it's just a, a wild ride for the last week. And um, I think tomorrow, getting to practice again, the players are going to be out on the field. We're going to be out there. Um, I think you're going to start to see it settle back into some normalcy, and we can start to really process everything that happened the last week. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. It's just it's been a whirlwind. It's been going 100 miles an hour, 100 miles of running, like uh, NWA would say uh, back in the day. And we know Coach Pierce and his 6'4 Impala that he rode into the Allegiant Stadium with, he, uh, he would appreciate that as well. Adam, what are you working on that we should be on the lookout for? Well, first of all, I don't think, uh, I don't think everybody knows who NWA is. Uh, <laughs> we'll get into that at some other point. Uh, uh, We've got a lot of the special section coming out every Sunday for sure. I'm working on a Bo Hardegree story right now. And uh, – God, I want to tease it. I don't want to give away the storyline next week. Let's just say there's a story that I've really, really, really been wanting to do for a while, and next week is the perfect time to do it. So I'm looking forward to that. All right. And I know one person who does not know who NWA is or didn't know who NWA was, and that's Amik Robertson. He did not know who well, NWA was. So there's he did that. It, but let, let's be clear. He, there was an NWA song on, and he didn't know it was NWA. I think he's familiar with who NWA is as a group, but he couldn't identify Straight Outta Compton as an NWA song. Oh, okay. All right, well, I mean, it's only one of the most iconic songs they sing, but there's that. I know. I know. <laughs> these, new, these kids, kids these days, what do they know? <laughs> but it's all good. And Meek made up for it on Sunday uh, with some really good plays. So there's that. Well, Adam, fantastic job, man. Thanks so much. I know you got Cofield and company this afternoon. I know you'll knock it out the park. I definitely appreciate you. Sounds good. And I don't think Jared knows who NWA is either. <laughs> Jared knows. They made a movie. <laughs> It's NWA, called CB4. NWA is a movie. They didn't make a movie. NWA is a movie, if you know what I mean. But there you go. We can get our hip-hop uh, references and our hip-hop li- history lessons coming up in just a little bit. 2.46 is the time. We'll get to your calls. We'll get to your texts. Mitch in Jersey, I see you. We'll get to you first when we come back. Radio 920. Oh, wait, hold on. Before we do that, that sound. 
That sound, am I still good, Jared? Am I still good? All right, I know what that sound is. Hey, man, look, I was talking about NWA. So I, I, I lost my focus when I heard NWA and started talking about NWA. I'm thinking straight out of Compton. I'm thinking, well, I'll tell you what I'm thinking later. Scorpions. How about Scorpions? That was the sounder. Was that your sounder that you came up with? Yes, yes, that was the sounder. That was the, the most famous like guitar lick the Scorpions have. I just wanted to make sure that we were on the same page. All right, that's what I thought you went I, to. I warned you before. I was talking about NWA. I'm sorry. If, if, look, NWA or Scorpions? I'm, I'm going to go NWA all day. I'm sorry, right? We can go through the, the whole library, brother. My bad. Scorpions residency. You can get two tickets. You can win them before you buy them. We're actually going to do this a couple times on the show today. So how about that? By the time we do it again, I'll get it right. But that's okay. I can still hook you up right now. I'll give you two tickets to uh, win them before you buy them. The Scorpions residency. Uh, they're having a, a really cool Las Vegas residency at Planet Hollywood. Tickets go on sale Friday at 10 a.m. But you can win them right now. Win them before you buy them is what we used to say. 702-365-9200. Call number nine is going to get hooked up with Radio Nation Radio 920. Let's go. Shotgun to DeVito. Three-step drop. Looks right. Fires over the middle. Through the hands of the receiver. Bobbled and picked off by Hobbs. Working across the field. 35. Cuts up to the 30. And he's brought down at the Giants' 25-yard line. It was bobbled by the receiver. Marcus Peters batted it up in the air. And Nate Hobbs has his first pick of the season. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q, broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. That was Raiders' second interception of the day on Sunday. Nate Hobbs, after the multiple deflection there, a little tip drill action, comes up with an interception, got a little bit of wiggle, got a couple yards return as well. Uh, Jason Horowitz on the call. Matter of fact, Nate Hobbs, you'll hear from him coming up around 3.15, 3.15-ish. You'll hear from Nate Hobbs in the Raiders' locker room following the 30-6 to victory over the New York Giants. Got to give a big shout-out to my guy Felix. He got hooked up with a pair of tickets to go see the Scorpions. Uh, the, 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 the tickets don't actually go on sale till Friday. Ticketmaster.com, 10 a.m., but he's getting hooked up with a pair of tickets right now. Uh, it's all going down April 11th at Planet Hollywood. He's getting hooked up well before the show, well in advance. So you got time to make uh, plans, Felix, but uh, congratulations on wearing winning a pair of tickets. And we have another pair of tickets coming up in the 4 p.m. hour. Let's hustle up to the phone lines real quick as we have John McClain from the Sports Radio 610 in Houston coming up in just a few minutes. But Mitch in Jersey, welcome to the show. What's on your mind? How's it going, Q? Good, good, good. How are you? Not oh, pretty good. Uh, I like the coach. South L.A. I haven't heard of NWA in a long, long time. I mean, I'm no time here. Uh, I think uh, the uh, Aiden O'Connell backup, good backup. Um, I want to see this kid. I, I know you haven't seen a lot of good, but this quarterback, DJ Youngalele, I think he'd be pretty good. I think we're right with him because I think we're out of the Caleb uh, Williams uh, uh, car right there. He's going to be number one pick. He's, he would have had that heist if they didn't let that coach go 12 games ago. But anyway, Drake is also have a reach. we got to get another quarterback, but I like the coach. Let's sign him for long term. All right. Hey, thanks for the call. Appreciate you, Mitch. And I'll say this, and you might be right. The Raiders may be out of reach for Caleb Williams, unless they're not. And what I mean by that is if you just want them, go get them. Right? I was 100% last year against going up and giving up too much draft capital because I, I felt like the Raiders had too many holes on the team. But you know what? Blanket. And I don't mean a blanket that you cover cover up and stay warm with. I mean blanket like effort. 
right? If you need to go get a guy, you need to go get that guy, and he's the guy that you identify as your dude long-term. And, again, I'm not getting into the draft right now. It's November, right? It's too early, and there's still plenty of football left. But at some point, if the Raiders as an organization says, you know what, we need that guy right there, then you do what you have to do in your power to go get him. I mean, I think it's just that simple. And like I said, I've always been one that's like, yeah, but, yeah, but. I'm also that guy that says scared money don't make money. And I am scared money, right? <laughs> I am scared money. I'll be the first one to tell you that. I ain't rolling the dice on too much. I'm not getting, I'm not getting too crazy and creative. I'm, you know, I'm playing it safe. But in this scenario, if you know who you're facing for years to come, you might just have to roll the dice and say, you know what? The hell with it. We're going to go do whatever we have to do in our power to go get our guy. That might be after what you have to do. But there's still eight games left in the season, so you still got time to determine what you have right now as opposed to what you're going to need moving forward. Coming up next, John McClain joins the show. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. And thank you so much for listening to the podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness here on LVSportsNetwork.com, brought to you by Porta Subs.